0: Welcome to the Bitcoin Basics Podcast with your hosts, Faris and Gordon from CoinCompass.com, enabling you to safely buy and securely store your Bitcoins. All resources are in the show notes and description, including our disclaimer. Visit BitcoinBasicsPodcast.com to subscribe and discover other free content.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Bitcoin Basics Podcast. I'm your host, Faris, here again with Gordon. It is May the 18th, and the price of Bitcoin is $45,510. Satoshi's per dollar is $2,197. And Gordon, we have once again a listener-driven question today. Um, First of all, how are you doing before we um, answer the question from our listener?
0: Fantastic, Faris. An excellent question that shows a lot of critical thinking. So without further ado, let's just play it. Hello. I very much like your show. It's very clearly explained and easy to understand. I have a question on wallets. So what happens if a wallet app is no longer maintained or is taken out of the App Store, for example, and I lose my phone, let's say, And I cannot restore, I cannot reinstall the app. I cannot restore my wallet. Is there a way to recover my Bitcoin? I mean, isn't there a flaw here? Isn't it safest to write down the private keys? Thank
1: you. So Gordon, I had a a presumption on this one already, and I did a little bit of research and all it did was um, strengthen my presumption. So from my understanding, if you have a hardware wallet or a mobile wallet and the manufacturer ceases to exist, um, that's it basically. You've just lost those access to those private keys and you can't back up or regenerate those Bitcoins. Is that unfortunately as simple as it goes or is there more to it?
0: No, it's not at all. So uh, this goes with software. So whether it's a software, desktop, mobile app or a hardware manufacturer, you have not lost your Bitcoin. So let's look at a worst case scenario. And I really like this question because it's something that every single person with Bitcoin should be thinking about all these sort of worst case um, use cases. And as a security person, uh, we used to dream up this stuff all the time, as improbable and non practical, it was. What are all the attack vectors and things can go wrong? So, let's say, worst case scenario, you have a mobile wallet or maybe you have a hardware wallet and the manufacturer has gone out of business and you have lost your phone or your hardware wallet. That's a bad situation, obviously. Um, it's actually one of the reasons why I archive installs. But um, and also let's say that software disappears from the app store as well, because I think this question was talking more about a mobile wallet than a hardware wallet, but the same, the same thing really applies. So worst case scenario, the theory is that if you use a standard wallet, then you're fine because most wallets and I won't say all wallets, but most wallets use a standard and that standard, and I'm going to get technical Faris, but this is something important because people need to Google search this, is called BIP39, 39, B-I-P-39. 39. BIP stands for Bitcoin Improvement Proposal. And basically what that is, is a standard set of words, and there are actually 2,048 of them, to create your 12 or 24 word backup recovery seed. So those of you who have a mobile wallet or a hardware wallet, you'll be used to Whenever you install it, the first thing it's going to get you to do is write down those 12 words, those 24 words. So as long as you are using a standard wallet, you can actually import or restore those 24 words into another wallet. So let's say, for example, you have a ledger, and I'm not picking on ledger, and ledger goes out of business, the website's down, the software is no longer unavailable, and you lose your ledger wallet, hardware wallet. As long as you have your 24 word seeds, your recovery seeds, you can import them into another hardware wallet or even another mobile wallet. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, like, and share. So we can find others like yourself.
1: So with that, Gordon, um, who generates the recovery seeds? Is it... Not Ledger will generate them and Ledger keeps them on file. And then Trezor has their own recovery season. They keep them on file. So how are they shared?
0: If Ledger or Trezor or any manufacturer were doing that, that means that they could basically clean out your account. And if their database was hacked, then they get access to everyone's Bitcoins. No. So the whole point of a hardware wallet, and especially a hardware wallet, is it has this thing called a secure enclave. And I, I won't go into it, but basically it's kind of like a hidden CPU. And what it does is its main function is to generate private keys. And it does that in a secure way so that even the manufacturer doesn't know what those private keys are. The private keys are a long string of numbers. So, you know, as a human, we can't remember what they are. So Someone in this bit 39 proposal said, why don't we convert this ridiculously long string of random numbers into a set of 12 to 24 words from this 2048 dictionary of English words. So that's really what these 12, 24 words are. They're kind of like your master password if you use a password manager, which then unlocks all your private keys because you might not just have one Bitcoin account, you may have several Bitcoin accounts on your wallet and that's really what it is. So as long as a wallet manufacturer or developer is using this standard, which, you know, maybe 89% are, it is not a problem.
1: Okay. That makes sense. And that is reassuring. Um, Now, the second part of the question is talking about paper wallets. So as Gordon just mentioned, you have your um, private keys or even your... um, The seeds. So with those, um, if you're too concerned about keeping them on a wallet, and you know you're worried about the wallet getting hacked or even losing that mobile wallet or hardware wallet, um, you can write down the private keys to Bitcoin on a piece of paper. What that's actually doing is removing um, those Bitcoins from an electronic device where you know for sure they cannot be hacked. So. Uh, you've actually transferred them to a paper wallet. So if anyone's seen these, they have like a QR code on a paper wallet and it removes the private keys into a paper wallet. Now they're off chain or offline, so to say, though these private keys are offline, so no one can hack into them. Uh, from someone who basically is very savvy, knows what they're doing, yes, is a good option. Um, the concerns that you will have with that is paper is not durable uh you know if there's a house fire you've lost them um you know paper can get moldy rats can get into it so there is that trade off there um in that yes they are offline off the internet but um you yeah, you can very easily lose those some people can even memorize their private seeds um but there's another consideration you need to look into what is your um uh, next of kin strategy. If something happens to you um, and you've memorized your Bitcoin private seeds um, and or keys and you've written them on a piece of paper, who's going to find them? Who knows what to do with them? So it's thinking, yeah, for right now, I feel safe because no one can hack into my wallet. If my wallet goes bust, I don't even have to worry about backing it up. But that is a very, very vulnerable position to keep your Bitcoins in or Satoshis in just on a piece of paper. Um, I'm not comfortable doing that. Uh, We do have solutions here that we've come up with where um, you can basically back up your um, cold storage devices and we help you advise your next of kin on what to do. Something you you get hit by a bus and... Someone, you know, you don't want your Bitcoins just getting lost like, you know, 7 million others have been. So it is tricky, um, but at the end of the day, it is not a one-size-fits-all custody arrangement when it comes to Bitcoin. It is an individualized plan that you need to come up with, and it's something that we actually do help our, our clients with. Sorry, Gordon, I hope that wasn't too much of a lay on the gravy too thickly business pitch.
0: May I lay it on even thicker? <laughs> I just want to explain a couple of things, though, because the question actually asked about private keys. So I think they were actually saying, should I write down my private keys? So that's that long string of numbers. That's different to writing down your 12, 24-word backup phrase. So I just wanted to make that distinction. Uh, as Farah said, I no longer recommend paper wallets because, you know, fire, water, all that kind of stuff. The paper's just not durable. Um, And also, I wouldn't write down my private keys because all you have to do is get one of those characters wrong. It's incorrect, and you've lost, you'd be kind of like, there's no way to recover Mm -hmm. it. Whereas if you do actually, let's for whatever reason, the paper got damaged and you lost one or two words from your 12 to 24-word seed, there is actually a way to recover it. So I think it's... um, no longer recommended to 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 write down any private keys um and also to generate a paper wallet there's also a lot of scams there's a lot of fake websites out there that generate paper wallets for you so how do you know that you're not getting scammed when you're generating your paper wallet and there's all kinds of other things like that um i just also wanted to mention faris unless you had anything else before i continue um before i get to some recommendations yeah. Every wallet, whether it's a mobile wallet, or hardware wallet, has this 12, 24-word backup phrase. People call it different things, backup phrase, recovery phrase, mnemonic seed. It's all the same thing. It's 12 or 24 words. You have to store that. And that is separate to your wallet. So you really have two things. One, you have your wallet, whether it's a mobile wallet or a hardware wallet. And the second is you have your backup 24-word mnemonic seed. Obviously, you should keep those things separate. And as Farah said, write them down on a piece of paper. And the difference is that if you lose one or the other of those, it's okay. So, for example, if you lost your hardware wallet, but you still have your 24 words, that's okay. You can buy a new hardware wallet and restore it. If you lost your 24 words, but you still had your hardware wallet, that's okay. Because on the hardware wallet, you can regenerate 24 words or just Get the hardware will to tell you what the 24 words are. So that's the difference there. You can lose one or the other, not both. Um we sorry, as far just as on sorry.
1: Oh uh, sorry, Gordon, I was about to say something, but I think you're about to say the same thing I am. So you go ahead first.
0: <laughs> no, no, you go.
1: I'm pretty sure it's what you're going to say, but yeah, I don't recommend that you write down your backup phrase on a piece of paper. Um we have come up with a solution here, which um I think works very well um for your backup phrases um because yeah that is that's actually one of the cold storage solutions that we here um recommend um but yeah sorry gordon i'm pretty sure that's where
0: you're heading actually i i kind of was i was just going through sort of all the steps and stages and and again this is a this is a plug for us bitcoinbasics.help if you need advice and and handholding holding love glove service we do all that for for our customers whether that's helping you do it yourself or, or us handholding you. And yeah, there are different layers. And as far as I said, you know, there's, there's writing down your uh, 24 words on a piece of paper. That's not ideal. Um, I would actually use some other things. There are metal wallets and other things, but there's also different solutions like multi-seek um, with multi You get a lot more security because if you lose one device, it doesn't really matter. I'm not going to go into that. We've been in through that a million times and done, podcast, which I'll link in the show notes. The holy grail, Faris, is actually what is called seedless multi sig So you actually have, say, three devices, uh, two phones and a laptop or two phones and an iPad, and um, you don't actually have any 24-word seeds. But anyway, I'm getting into the weeds. I'm getting down the rabbit hole. There are many different custody solutions out there. There is no one-size-fits-all. It's whatever you guys are comfortable with. That comes down to your risk, it comes down to your size of investment, and it also comes down to your technical ability as well. Some things that are highly technical and secure um, might be error to people who aren't perhaps as tech savvy. So there's all that to consider. But I, I would say at the end of the day, Ferris, and here's a PSA in recommendation, just going back to the question, is choose a wallet, preferably a hardware wallet, from a well-known and established manufacturer. So don't choose a hardware wallet that just came out last week, doesn't use standards, is completely new. Choose something that's fairly popular and and well-established because worst case scenario, they do go out of business. There's always going to be ways to transfer them to another company or get you back on track. Secondly, choose a hardware wallet that adheres to these standards. And I'm going to mention again, BIP39. Pretty much all hardware wallets adhere to this standard, but it's definitely something to check. And last but not least, and and Faris is probably saying this is just me, but uh, choose a wallet that's open source. And the reason why I say that is that you can be assured that someone has audited it, someone has vetted the code, and it does adhere to standards. A lot of these wallets, especially the mobile ones, are closed source. You don't know what the hell they're doing. Now, they have a reputation to protect, so they're probably not stealing your money. But you just don't know because there's not enough eyeballs, there's not enough people looking at it, which makes it inherently insecure, and you just don't know. And there could be a bug in there that they don't know about that gets exploited and, you know, your funds are gone. So I would say those three things and all the wallets that we recommend uh, are definitely open source, well-established, and use um, standards. Um and just as a PSA, I know I'm going on Ferris, but just as a PSA, especially for mobile wallets, um, only download them from the official sources. Don't go searching for them on the iOS store or the Google Play Store. Go to the website. So, for example, Blockstream Green is one of the wallets that we recommend. Go to the Blockstream website and you can get it from there. So go to the original sources. Never ever type in your 24 words recovery seeds anywhere on a computer, on a website, even with us, if we're helping, do not send them to us. Do not type them in anywhere. The only time you ever need to enter your 24 words is when you buy a new hardware device and you're recovering or restoring your 24 words. That's the only time and good hardware wallets. You don't actually do that on the computer, you do that directly on the hardware device itself. So just a bit of a PSA to finish up.
1: Yeah. And that was something I was um, liking as well with a um, open source wallet, even if that wallet um, stops getting updated, stop being used, you know that the developers on that wallet, well, Haven't just given up, they just moved to another one and they're not going to let people in the lurch because they're invested in it themselves. So, whereas companies can go bust open source projects, they tend to upgrade or move on to something else. And yeah, it's funny how they will look after customers far better than a paid for service at times.
0: Yeah, and as far as I said, worst case scenario, an open source product goes out of business, there's always an upgrade path or there's always a way to transfer to another wallet or to another system. So extremely important. So uh, laying on the gravy, even thicker, Faris, if you want <laughs> advice and whether that's buying or selling Bitcoin or um, getting your coins off the exchange into a hardware wallet, setting up a multi-sig wallet, setting up a Bitcoin self-custody plan for us, what should they do?
1: Go to bitcoinbasics.help where you can educate yourself on how to do it um yourself or you can get us to help you so this would be through uh, webinars or through an individualized bitcoin custody solution which is something we do individually for you um, how many satoshis or bitcoins you intend on buying what is your time horizon how are you going to store them how are you going to notify your next of kin that you have them so these are all questions you need to have prepared for and these are things that we help you with
0: Thanks, Faris, And yeah, fill out that form. We will give you some free advice, uh, even if you don't decide to um, go with our services. So fill in that form. And we're being a little bit vague on purpose. I mean, we're we're not telling you to uh, specifically get this wallet or don't get this wallet because things change almost on a daily basis and there isn't one size fits all. It's really, you know, where do I store my Bitcoin? It depends. The size of your investment, the level of your technical ability, really depends on what solution, because I might have a high technical solution for myself, but that's simply not appropriate to other people. That sounded arrogant, it wasn't meant to be, Faris. So please save me and finish up.
1: Uh, It is not at all arrogant because Gordon's tinfoil hat is completely invisible to human eye, that's how good he is.
0: Exactly, doesn't even have Bluetooth, (laughs) my tinfoil hat. Uh, Thanks Faris. And if you have a question, please head across to BitcoinBasics.help and please like, share, and subscribe this podcast so that we can get this educational content to other people like yourself. Thanks for watching or listening. Please visit CoinCompass.com/free to register to our socials and discover other free content. Subscribing, liking, and following helps this content remain at free Until next time.